Welcome back to Eve Talks, joined by the one and only Zach Wood. Uh, thanks for taking the time to come in and speak Absolutely, to us. Absolutely, man. Um, so, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Yeah. How are you enjoying the, the weather? The weather is nice. It's a yeah. shock, because you know it goes. It's always up and down here, so <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Yeah. It was supposed to rain all day, but then it was just sunny. Exactly. You was, never know what to expect. Yeah. Down, so you know, <laughs> Snowing two weeks exactly. ago, and now it's summer, so interesting. Um, but yeah, like, let's just get into it. So, you know... Tell us about your opportunity that you, you had last summer. So last summer I was at the Wall Street Journal yep. as a Robert L. Bartley Fellow. And basically what I was doing there was a mix of sort of journalistic responsibilities. Everything from writing editorials to doing like more unglamorous work, fact-checking and things like that, right. editing opinion pieces, doing interviews for columns that people were writing and interviews for various reporting pieces as well. So I gained a range of skills. Yep. Um, talk to us a little bit about your interest in journalism and how that sort of sparked and, and why you decided to pursue right. the opportunity. For me, it was, I'd always enjoyed writing. And I saw journalism as a way to take opinions that I had on social, political, economic issues into the public sphere. Right. And so that was the immediate appeal. And one thing I've learned is that you know, there are really there are different styles of writing. And the kind of writing that you do for an essay for a class in English or history is very different from what you're doing as, as a journalist, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, can one can be up to 10 pages and the other is six, 700 words. Yeah. So, learning how to be concise, how to make things timely, how to present things in a way that's very clear and accessible was something that I also was working on and, and further developing. So the interest, one, was writing and then the issues and then really just wanting to engage and get my voice out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people know you for a lot of a right. variety of reasons, but can you talk to us a little bit about that, you know, developing your personal brand, like coming to Williams and, and now sort of where you've ascended to, you just had your, your TED Talk and... I've, uh, I've been fortunate, man. Things, yeah. um, I, uh, when I got to campus, I knew that I had a deep interest in politics and an interest in one day going into public service. And so for me, that meant engaging with people on the issues that I cared about the most. Yeah, Everything sense. from race to class, right? I mean, a range of issues. And so in doing this, I wanted to build an understanding of those I disagreed with in particular. Because for me, the way I saw it is if I want to achieve change in the world one day, then I've got to understand those who see things differently. Right. So that's how, that was sort of like the guiding principle. Yeah. And the sort of guiding question was, how is it that brilliant people, right? Everyone here at Williams has, you know, people with various talents, skills, interests. How is it that different people come to see the world in such different ways, right? When we all have access to so much information and so right. much knowledge. And so that was sort of the guiding question that led me to Uncomfortable Learning, which is the group that I've been the president of on campus. Yeah. And so under that uh, guiding framework, I tried to engage with views that were really difficult to engage with. And that's what I've been doing over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's brought you a lot of good yeah. <laughs> and a lot of bad <laughs> yeah, in a yeah, lot absolutely. of different ways. Right. Um, going back to the Wall Street Journal, you know, how did you manage to sort of secure that opportunity? Was was what was the process there? So it started with getting bylines, yeah. writing. The Wall Street Journal is a place where I mean, everyone everywhere would want to write for a publication that's at that level. It's very difficult to do when you're younger. Right. And so it started with me saying myself what are the local newspapers that are a bit easier for me to access right right so papers i'm from dc right so local papers in dc that i could possibly write for 
then working my way to sort of sending pitches to editors at the Washington Post right. and things like that. So I really was working my way there. Another thing I did was, once I had the personal clarity on what I wanted to do, I asked writers that I knew, professors that I knew, can you read over this draft, right? Can you help me tear it to pieces and start over, right? Can you give me the harsh feedback yeah. that I would be likely to get if I were to submit this to the Wall Street Journal right now? Right. And I started doing that my freshman year, my sophomore year. And by the time I got to my sophomore year, I was lucky to get, uh, you know, with the help of a number of, of writers and professors and peers that I knew, pieces published in, in respectable outlets. And then after doing that, it was kind of like scaling up from there. Yeah. And so eventually what actually happened is I got a call from an editor at the Wall Street Journal saying we'd love to have you apply for the Bartley Fellowship. Right. And I said, you know what, I know about it. I'm interested uh, I'm definitely going to apply. You can you know, look forward to the application. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I was, it worked out, and yeah. it was a great summer. And it was really cool because I, I didn't actually agree with the editorial page's stance, mm. but I saw it as kind of me taking uncomfortable learning and putting it in practice right. through a kind of internship opportunity. Right. So every day I'm around smart people who are reading the news every day who don't really see eye to eye with me on the issues we're talking about. So it was cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, something that you brought up there that I think is really interesting, at least two things, is is the vision that you had from early right, on right. and, like, looking at where you needed to be and how, like, designing a path to get there. Exactly, yeah. And I think what was key in that, in what you just mentioned, was mentorship. So right. can you talk a little bit about that? You know, how do you sort of seek out mentorship, engage in mentorship activities and things exactly. like that? Yeah. So what I've tried to do is I look for people who are doing work that I either see myself doing or wanting to do one day, right. or people who have similar interests. So when I got here, there was there's a legendary professor here named David L. Smith, mm -hmm. who's in the English department, and he also teaches in African, Africana Studies. And I knew about his work before I got here, and so the first thing I did when I got accepted to Warriors, before I even got on campus, sense, yeah. I sent him an email and I said, you know, you've written this and that, I've read this and that, and I'm looking forward to reading this, and I can't wait to take a class with you. Right. You know, once I get on campus and the dust settles, can we meet? Yeah. And it's Williams and professors are really good about, you know, being responsive yeah, to their students. And so yeah. he got back to me, I think, a day or two later. Yeah. And uh, since then, he's been definitely one of the, the most significant mentors I've had just in life in general and definitely the most significant mentor I've had at Williams. Right. I can definitely testify to that as well. So, again, before right, even yeah. getting to Williams, you know, reaching out to different people. I remember exactly. reaching out to, to Luke Higgins, who's a friend of ours, right, about yeah. entrepreneurship at Williams yeah. and, and different things like that. Looks but the man. I will, <laughs> I will say, like, uh, mentorship really is a sort of invaluable, and I don't, right. like, think that people actually, you know, really value it to the degree that they should. Exactly. Um, and sometimes it's kind of like people want would you know would like to have a mentor or like to receive advice but it's difficult taking that first step right right you there's someone you see who you admire you admire their work you admire their approach to a particular cause or issue and you're like ah well, should i reach out <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i mean you really I don't have anything you to lose you have nothing to lose yeah you're right. in the same position exactly. that you were in before if you and often what i've found especially if it's i mean it, it does depend on who it is but oftentimes you know, when you're young and you're really interested in something and you're passionate about something, people who really care about it and want to pay it forward will be interested in, in hearing from you. Definitely. And when, you know, if they have the time, I, you know, my experience has been, you know, people will respond. Right. Yeah, and I think that's especially true of the Williams Network. It's nothing like it, I guess, exactly. like in terms of uh, alumni responsiveness right. And, right. and cohesiveness in the community. Um, 
Okay, so back to the Wall Street Journal. So you secure this internship. Um, what are what are the thoughts going through your mind? You know, like like how did you react? Like, I was very excited. Yeah. Uh, the journal was a top top outlet, and it fit really well with the uncomfortable learning idea that I was trying to. Because you know, I'd been advocating for it. I'd been writing about it, but I wanted to see what would it be like to be in a competitive environment with smart people who you know have goals and ambitions who don't see eye to eye with me on a range of things. And when I got there, I was just, I was really happy to be there. I was uh, eager to sit in on any meetings I could sit in on, to take notes, to pay close attention right. to dynamics, how people handled situations, how they handled disagreements, how they decided. One thing I learned being there is that, you know, when we see the news in the morning, we see the editorials that they've chosen to, to put in the paper. Yeah. But there are so many things that you can write about and there are only three slots. Right. So how do you pick, yeah, yeah. right, of these ten things that happened today that are significant, what are going to be the three things? Right, right. And so that process of kind of filtering through, sifting through, finding out what's most important and what can be presented in a way that's very clear and will really reach people right. was something that I thought was really important about no, the process. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds amazing, actually. I, I guess you're sort of talking about it now, but if you could walk us through sort of what a day-to-day -day experience was yeah. for you like, like at the Wall Street Journal and... So at the journal on the editorial side, people actually will come in a little bit later, but they stay. You stay late. Yeah. So so I would I go in around nine nine thirty, and I wouldn't leave until about seven. The first thing I'd do I'm not a big coffee drinker, but most of the people there would go and get coffee. That's the first thing they yeah. do. The first thing I do is read the news. The New York Times, the all of the competitors, right, and then some magazines. So the New York Times, the Washington Post. You also look at what's in the journal's news section, right? Because each day, once you get, you know, if it's, you know, today is Thursday, right? So today, if I'm at the journal today, I'm not thinking about anything that's happening. I'm looking for what's going to be the stories for tomorrow. Right. What are the stories for Saturday? Yeah, yeah. What's likely to happen on Sunday yeah. when healthcare comes before the Senate? You see what I mean? So you're always thinking ahead. Right. So one thing you're always doing is you're constantly reading more news. Mm -hmm. And I love reading and I love the issues, so it was it was like a good fit. Right. A lot of the work is unglamorous. And one thing I'd say that I found being there is that I really wanted responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to be given, there were only a few Bartley Fellows, there were only four of us. Right. And so I was very fortunate to be given you know, a, a, a solid degree of responsibility from the right. jump, but I wanted more. And so what I, what I learned was that you have to seek it out. You have to ask for it. You have to right. go forward and say, here's a story that I think we should be focusing on, or here's a pitch, not just sort of for byline, but here's something the paper should be looking at that we're not looking at, right. or here's an, a take on an issue that I don't think we've considered yet. Right. So kind of taking that step forward, because when you're in the room and you've got the board members there, right, it's, you're like, well, should I, you know, <laughs> should I put this on the table? Yeah. It's, it's, for me, it was about taking that step. Right. Um, I guess like talking about that as well like the risk taking and, and oh, being yeah. bold right is that is that a skill that you just you know innately have or how did you develop that you did, know did williams prepare you to, to, <laughs> to do something like that i would say uh williams williams prepares you for a lot of things yeah. it definitely you know uh we're getting a great education i'd say i was <laughs> i was fortunate to actually be encouraged by yeah. some of the the senior editors and, and editorial board members at the journal who said, you know, Zach, if you have ideas, let us know. You know, we're open to hearing them. Right. And, uh, you know, when you give them ideas, they were responsive. They'd give you feedback. They'd say, you know, I think this could, you could expand on this. I think this is something, 
that you can investigate in these ways. And one of the cool things is sometimes you get feedback that says, I think you should do five or six interviews. And then you get to go talk to five or six really cool people doing really cool work. Right. So, for instance, I was looking at education and I was looking at charter schools, private schools, and public schools and the differences in terms of achievement gaps. Right. And so I was talking to the Speaker of the House in Florida, the Speaker of the House in Tennessee, and just being able to talk to these people directly because you're working for the journal, right. the platform helps, was a great experience. Right. Yeah, no, that's... So I guess the next question is, did the reality of the the situation, you know, the internship experience yeah. sort of meet your expectations, you know, envisioning working at the journal and sort of what actually it was to work at the journal as an intern? I would say, I would say it definitely met my expectations. In some ways it exceeded my expectations. That doesn't mean there weren't any disappointments. Right. Because I would say with any internship, even with one that might be great, it might be a great fit for you, there may be some things that are, it is a busy place a newsroom, an editorial boardroom, it's a busy place. Right. People are constantly, you've got to learn to, what I had to do was frame things in the, the most succinct or concise way possible. Right. Sometimes people only have five minutes because, you know, they're on a call with, you said a senator, yeah, or they're on a, you know. Yeah. So you've got to know, you've got to have your asks ready. You've got to have your, you know, what are you asking for and have a clear sense of it. You've got to have a sense of personal clarity about what you want out right. of the internship. And so those are the things that I kind of walked away with, knowing that now when I go into, you know, working environments, having that sense of personal clarity, knowing what I want, it just helps things go more smoothly and it helps you accomplish more of what you want to do. Right, right, right. And so before we start getting into, uh, actually, you know, yeah, before we start getting into yeah. the, the lessons of right, uh, working yeah. at the Wall Street Journal, something you said before was, you know, paying it forward. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I, I came here in freshman year, and I remember uh, having a lunch with you in Lee's and talking about not anything in particular about yeah. Williams, but more so about, like, you know, what are your goals for the future, and how do you think about, like, you know, the steps that you're going to take to get there, and exactly. what do you care about? And so those were the sort of questions that, like, sort of ushered me into the community, right. not necessarily. You know, what classes are you taking is, like, right. what sort of drives, drives you? you. And, and so, like... Where does, where does that come from? And, and talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, paying it forward to people. Yes, definitely. So I think paying forward is, I think that's how change moves from generation to generation and how progress is something that, you know, at its best can be steady is only if people are paying it forward. And if, you know, if I am benefiting from certain opportunities, one of the things that I'm trying to think about is, who are the people I know that, that that should also be doing this? One thing one of my mentors said to me once was that leadership isn't just about having opinions and having ideas. It's also about looking around you and seeing who around you would be interested in the work that you're doing. Who would be a good fit in some of these positions, right? right? Can you bring people into the fold, right? And so that's something that I've tried to think about as I move forward. And I've always thought to myself that if I'm able to achieve a certain level of success in the world, one of the things I really want to do is make myself accessible to young people, right? Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. that they can reach me. Because sometimes there are those people out there who are, they're extremely busy and they're difficult to reach. You know what I mean? And it makes sense. We, that's how the world yeah, works. Sure, yeah. But I think, you know, in terms of paying it forward, one thing I'd like to do in the future, near and far future, is find ways in which I can make myself accessible to people, especially in underprivileged communities, right? Right. So, I mean, whether that's making contact information available, right, whether that's, 
you know, thinking about forms of outreach, right? I think trying to bring people in with the work that you're doing and trying to help people accent the best in themselves is something that can be really useful. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I mean, even just with these talks and sort of what I intended for the Williams community specifically, uh, is to sort of think about how we can efficiently allocate resources right. to communities, particularly at Williams, but maybe there's a, lot, a wider audience right, yeah, right, yeah. at some point, um, to the resources that are available to them, right? Like, there are people here doing great things, obviously, like, right. you're doing things, we're doing things, and um, it's important to sort of benefit from those relationships as well. Um, so I'm glad to hear you advocating yeah, for, right, for paying it forward, and I encourage everyone who's tuning in, please, please. please. Uh, and the small things count. Yeah. I mean, just having a conversation really? with somebody yeah, yeah. saying, you know, when I apply for this, I think you'd be great. I mean, check it out. Exactly. It's that something that small right. I found. is That's one way of paying it forward. Because, yeah. I mean, at a place like Williams, you've got so many people with so many talents, skills, interests, right? And, and there's so many opportunities out there that people just may not know about. That's true. Um, so yeah, back to the Wall Street yeah, Journal yeah. again. You know, what What was the biggest lesson that you took away from working at the Journal? You kind of touched on this before. Right, you know, with the responsibility. Being, being responsible. I would say, you know, the responsibility one is big. I would also say thinking about what you're doing in the context of your broader ambitions, right? So I knew that I was interested in journalism because it gave me a platform, right, to engage with the public sphere, to take my opinions and present them, to potentially receive useful feedback, right, and to, you know, constructive criticism, right, more opportunities, and to really build a platform. One thing I was started doing at the Wall Street Journal, and one thing I was encouraged to do, is to think about that work in the context of broader ambitions. So how does what I'm doing now, this internship that I have now, lead to the next thing? Right. What what here can I take and use at that next step? Right. At that next level. Right. Right. So that was one thing. It's kind of kind of a forward looking approach, but really thinking about what it is, whatever you're doing right now in this moment. Right. You know, if you can be fully present in the moment, what can you take? Because you're you're not going to take everything. Right. With you. Yeah, right. So what do you take? What do you leave? Mm. Right. What are the things that you can gain? And I think just focusing on that and thinking about it more ex more explicitly. It's something sometimes you'll do intuitively, yeah. but really being conscious of it and saying, "Okay, I've only got eight weeks at the journal. Right. What do I really want? You know what I mean? Yeah. What do I really want to accomplish? What do I really want to do? And what's going to be beneficial for me to take as I move forward? To take with me as I move yeah. forward. I mean, on that note, I guess one of the more important questions is sort of. What advice do you have for Williams students? Like, what should they take away from your experience, your um, the things that you've learned? Like, in one snapshot, what's the biggest piece of advice for Williams students? Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Ask for what you want. Take that step forward. And those people you want to reach, those people you admire, reach out and try. Yeah. And keep trying and be, and be persistent with it. Yeah. Right. If you don't get that first response, try again. Three days later. Three, three days later. Days. You know, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, That's what yeah. So, I mean, this has been really valuable, and I think on the note of accessibility, I think for me at least, I can share my perspective is just you know, sort of just ironing out point blank. You have twenty four hours in a day. I'm gonna devote two hours to to this particular thing, yes. and, and that comes first, regardless. And for exactly. me, 
that's family and that's friends and right. no matter what I'm doing, no matter how many commitments I get. I totally agree. Prioritization yeah. is key. Especially as we get busier and busier, yeah. you know. <laughs> Williams is not kind. In terms exactly. Of <laughs> not talking. Exactly. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you want to mention? It's a competitive world. It's a tough place. You know, you got do the things that motivate you. Right. Right. I I was telling my sister this once. Find the things that motivate you. Find the things that give you joy, and focus on those. At the end of the day, that's really what I think matters the most. Right. There's so many things that are par for the course. There's so many things that you kind of have to do to get to that next level. Right. And you do those. And yeah. you do your best. And you give it your best effort. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you are channeling your energy. You're channeling that passion, right, and that motivation into those activities, those endeavors that really give you a sense of meaning and right. purpose, right? right? They keep you going. Um, so our last question for everyone who sits in for an Eve talk is, if you had to hear an Eve talk uh, from a student, from a faculty member, and from an alumni, who would those three people be? From a faculty member, I'd want to hear from uh, a political science professor named George Marcus. I think he'd have an interesting take on, on his time at Williams and how he got to where he was as yeah. a scholar. Uh, and then the other two are... Alumni and alumni. student. I would want to hear from uh, Herb Allen, as an alum. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I also want to hear from Herb, Herb Allen. Allen. Yeah. And then you know, I want to hear from my man Kai. So yeah. as a student, you know, you know, if, if ever you want to, you yeah, know, no, I'd uh, love to hear from you though, yeah. man. And I mean, I think um, you know, Luke Higgins. Yeah. Of you know, course. You know, good to hear from Luke Higgins. We actually got Luke. We got Luke. Yeah. Okay, there we go. The show. We're uh, making the right moves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, aside from that, like, this was a great talk. Like, Absolutely. Thank you for coming in. Like, thank you. Really invaluable advice for students at Williams and, I guess, the broader community of Williams East and Transition, anything like that. I appreciate um, that. And, you know, best of luck to you. Obviously, you know, you're doing, you're doing things you. for yourself. Uh, and congrats on the Wall Street Journal, though. My man. You, you had it already. Yeah. Appreciate that, my man. All right, cool. Thanks.